You are listening to the Alpha Buddha Podcast, bringing you the best information from the top leaders in personal development pertaining to fitness, romance, finances, and positive psychology. This is your host, Sonny Savage. In this episode, I'm going to be diving deep into the dangers of the victim mindset and why it's so tempting and tantalizing to take on that mantle of being the victim and demonstrating some exercises we can all try to get out of that victim mindset and get our power back. If that sounds interesting to you, then stay tuned because this is going to be a good one. Now, I would like to begin this episode with a story. Now, this happened when I was working in the hospital uh, a couple of months ago. You know, as a paramedic, we have shift work. We're not always assigned to do the same thing every time we go to work because sometimes let's just say the shift that we have is not exactly so desirable. So to keep things fair, we kind of mix it around a little bit. So I show up and one of my coworkers is in all of a huff. He's just really pissed off about something. I can't really figure out what it is. And he said, Hey, Sonny, uh, I got to talk to you real quick. You, you mind uh, stepping outside for a smoke? Now I don't smoke, but you know, to be social, I was like, yeah, sure, man. Why not? Okay. So we went outside and you know, he lit one up and he was just kind of like, he, he, you could see this look in his eyes where he was just looking like he was getting to the, reaching the boiling point. Like he was just about to like explode on somebody. And I said, Hey man, what's bugging you? You look irritated. Yeah, of course I'm irritated. I mean, okay. First of all, I came into work and the, as soon as I came into work, those guys, those lazy, you know, SOBs came in here and they gave me the harder job. I didn't, I wasn't assigned to do the emergency room today. The emergency room tends to get pretty hectic. And this was a weekend. And in the weekend, you know, all of the doctors are enjoying their, their time off. So they're not assigning so many special uh, appointments for the patients like x-ray and ct and uh, mris and stuff like that so pretty much the only thing that's really busy on the weekends is the emergency room because people never plan to have emergencies and he was given the emergency room even though he wasn't assigned to it that day so he was really irritated about it and he just was was just in full on victim mode saying about like how unfair it is and how those two guys are in cahoots and they're playing favorites and you know he would never do that to them and so on and so forth and those guys should get fired and he shouldn't work here he's too good for this place and just yada 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 on and on and on okay great man what do you want me to do about it i just wanted to let you know how how this is a really messed up situation it's so unfair blah 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 i can't believe that i'm being mistreated like this you know as soon as i come into work i start being treated like a toe rag and etc 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 i said okay i got it it's unfair clearly this was a misunderstanding and if it wasn't a misunderstanding go in there and sort it out you know you could have just went in there. I was telling him, I was like, you could have just went in there and if you didn't get all emotional about it and you just kept your frame of being cool, calm, and collected, like we talked about earlier, you could have just said, hey, buddy, um, this might have been a mistake. I don't think you did this intentionally, but look on the schedule. You are actually scheduled to do the emergency room today. 
I'm going to do regular dispatch. So it's my turn to sit in the office and drink coffee and you can run around like a chicken with your head cut off. Right. He could have said that. And I said, okay, so why don't you go in there right now and tell them what the deal is? And he was just going on like, oh, well, I shouldn't have to go in there and tell them what they sh- they're they supposed to do. They're supposed to know what they're supposed to do. And I shouldn't be mistreated in this way. And this is so unfair and da da da. And I said, okay, either you're going to do something about it or you're not going to do something about it. Because like, let me tell you right now, if this happened to me, as I was talking to him, I'm not going to say his name because, you know, I don't want to put him on blast like that. But we're going to call him... Billy, for the, the purpose of the story. So I don't keep saying you guys. So I say, Billy, if you're going to go in there and do something about it, then that's one thing. But if you're just going to sit here and like whine about it to me, please stop because this is not helping anybody and it's just irritating me. Because, Billy, if this happened to me, I would go in there straight away, confront him in a non aggressive but assertive manner and say, Hey, look, I think there was a misunderstanding. You were actually scheduled to do the emergency room today. I'm going to do regular dispatch. And I am a 100% certain that that dude man guy who was supposed to be doing the emergency room and whether it was intentional or unintentionally doing regular dispatch, which on the weekends is basically nothing but sitting in the office and drinking coffee is going to, you know, without, because he doesn't want to lose face, he's going to, you know, cooperate, right? And if he doesn't cooperate, then I have an interesting story to tell the boss on Monday. So either way, I win. And he said, well, I don't, I, I, I shouldn't have to go in there and sort this out. This is just supposed to be right. This is wrong. I've been wrong. This is not fair. I said, like, well, what do you want to do, man? Like, I, I should go in there and, and, and uh, you know, and beat him to a pulp. And I said, OK, what would that solve? Let, let's just let's just follow through on your your hysterical, crazy fantasy. Let's just say, right, let's just say for a moment we decided to go in there and inflict bodily harm on our coworker, which would be incredibly stupid. What would be the outcome of that? It would teach him a lesson. What lesson? I said to Billy. What lesson would he learn from that? Because what you for, what you're forgetting, Billy, is everybody walks through life with this view that they are the hero of their own story. Full stop. There's no exceptions to that. Everybody thinks they're the hero. Everybody paints themselves as the protagonist of this epic adventure, which is their life. And I'm sure. In his view, Dude Man Guy feels completely justified in not correcting the the schedule and working the emergency room like he's supposed to. And if we went in there, let's say let's say I held him down and you beat him up, right? We broke every bone in his body. Uh, we both go to jail. We both lose our, lose our jobs. Uh, he would learn absolutely nothing, and he would just see us as a couple of savage brutes with no common sense. And um, yeah, he would just be ever more resolute in his view of him being the blameless victim. So not only would you not teach him the lesson that you thought you would teach him by beating him up and and harming him terribly, but uh, yeah, you're in jail and you're jobless. 
So good job. Good for you. Yeah, but it would feel good while I was doing it. It's like, you know, dude, you're full of crap. Like, just what do you want? Because I, I just gave you the solution, Billy. I told you what you need to do to resolve this. And it's quite clear to me that you are more interested in being right than resolving this issue. And then he told me, he's like, well, well, of course I'm right. I am. I'm totally right. Why can't you agree that I'm right? I said, yes, Billy, I agree that you're right. I don't care whether or not you're right or wrong in this. My question is, what are you going to do about it? Because if you're just going to sit here and complain and just get high on your own farts and just just in, bask in the radiance of your righteousness, well, then have fun with that. But it's not going to solve this issue. You're going to walk around with this sour look on your face, feeling totally victimized. And I was and I told him right then and there, I said, what you need to understand about being the victim is it feels amazing because you get to feel justified in your anger. You feel justified in your indignation, right? You are blameless. But the problem is not only are you blameless, not only do you have no responsibility, this is a 100% not your fault. You are giving up all of your power. And that's one thing that I don't ever want to be again is powerless. Now, he was not in a mental state to really understand the gravity of what I was trying to talk about. But I just wanted to share that story to illustrate what the victim mindset looks like. You know, I was in a very toxic relationship not so long ago. And when I was in the thick of it, of course, like I, I would say most people, I, I'm, I don't know, I'm not, not going to pretend to be a mind reader and know what most people are thinking. But I've been told this is a pretty common view to blame all of your pain and misery on your ex or your partner when you're in a toxic relationship. And after some very clear introspection and um, self-evaluation, I came to realize that not only was the vast majority of that pain and suffering my fault, but even if... It was 110% my ex's fault for everything that went wrong in that relationship. It would still be my fault for staying in that relationship. Because I think this is something that a lot of people overlook when it comes to being in a bad space. Is we don't want to take ownership for what is ours. We want to shift the blame to somebody else because it feels good. It feels good to be a helpless victim because it's, it's not our fault. But what we don't understand when it's not our fault, we also don't have any power to change this circumstance. My circumstances, to get a little more specific, is even though things were not so awful, they weren't terrible, but they were just, I was just with such an overwhelming sense of sadness and a lack of fulfillment in my relationship. I was depressed. I was morbidly obese. I just had no vision or inspiration to do anything. I was just this empty, vapid creature just existing, just wanting to just 
disappear sometimes because I just felt trapped. And then after some very difficult personal inventory, I came to understand that not only am I the architect of my own misery, but I have the power within me to completely change everything about this circumstance. That I am not gaining anything by blaming my ex for the way things have turned out. And I have all of the potential within me to radically change my life and redesign myself in a way in which will not only just be a benefit to me, but be a benefit to everybody I know. And I'm sure that there are some people out there who can relate to that, that, uh, that story of being in a bad situation, be it a toxic relationship or a dead end job. And you're being abused by your authority figure or just feeling stuck by the circumstances of life itself and just feeling like if only your circumstances were different, then your life would be better. But there is, that couldn't be any further from the truth. And as soon as we start taking responsibility and saying, okay, where can I do something different to start shifting my circumstances? Because I'm a strong believer that our external circumstances are nothing more than a reflection of what's going on in the inside of us. And once we change from the inside, our circumstances will shift to match what's going on in the out, uh, what's on the inside. The outside world will reflect the inside. And as I started meditating and exercising and, and eating better and just working on passion projects, I found a natural way out of that relationship. And it ended in a very healthy, respectful way. You know, I'm, you know, there's no real anger or resentment between my ex and I. We're still good friends to this day, which I understand is actually quite rare. You know, I've, I've had my share of, of bad breakups and, um, this, this was nothing like those. So what is one of the things that keeps us in this victim mindset? Well, I'd like to introduce you to a concept called the Kubler-Ross model for grief. If you haven't heard of it, this is a little bit what it sounds like. So it starts off with denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then the final and fifth step is acceptance. Now, what does that look like in a real world scenario? Because when we talk about grief, we're usually talking about the, the death of a loved one or the diagnosis of a terminal illness or the loss of a lifelong career or the lawsuit that will be, you know, life altering or divorce. These are usually the categories that we would say, okay, I'm grieving over this specific thing. I would argue that grief actually happens with the small things as well. Something as simple as dropping your cell phone and watching it shatter before your eyes. The new iPhone 10. Here it was. There it goes. Right. And notice as it's falling through the air, 
that thought crosses your mind, I can't believe I dropped my phone. And then it hits the ground. And then you're enraged. How could I, like, I just dropped my phone. I'm so pissed off. And then it goes to bargaining. Maybe it's not broken. Then you look at it. Oh my God, it's broken. And then you go back to denial. I can't believe I did that. How could I be so stupid? Maybe I can deal with it having a cracked screen. Oh, there's no way I can handle this cracked screen. And on and on and on from denial, anger, bargaining, depression, denial, anger, bargaining, depression. And it just becomes this endless cycle of suffering. But notice that there is one step that's missing from the grievances that we normally experience in our day-to-day life. We're really good at saying, I can't believe this just happened. And then we say, how could I be so stupid? And then maybe I can live with it. And then no, there's no way I can live with this. But we don't move to, okay, what can we do from here? Kind of question. We go back to, I can't believe that happened. And then it just starts all over again. But we only get to get off the merry-go-round of suffering when we move towards acceptance. So when we go to, okay, the phone is broken. Either I replace the screen or I replace the phone. No point crying over spilled milk. And that sounds like you're almost like repressing the way you feel about it, but it's actually a little more nuanced than that because it's not, you're not denying the fact that you're upset about it. You're just acknowledging that there's nothing more to be done from this, this cycle of getting pissed off and irritated and saddened by your loss and just moving into a space of, okay, where do we go from here? What can I do to solve this problem? And how do I know that this is something that can actually be practiced in real life? Well, this actually happened. Uh, I was visiting one of my friends right after I did a conference. It was actually a workshop, not a conference, but I was on on my way to his apartment because we were going to sit down and have tea and chat about life. And I pull my tablet out of my, my bag and I'm checking something. I don't know what I was checking. I don't know why I was looking at my tablet in the middle of the icy parking lot. And I slipped on some black ice and I caught myself, but the, uh, the tablet slipped out of my hands and fell right on the corner. And anybody who's dropped a, like a digital screen-like device, those corners are brutal. And a cascade of glass and a nice spiderweb crack splayed out uh, across the the screen there. It was toast. Now, fortunately for me, up until the point of that event, I was very much in kind of a present mindful state. And like a flash, as it was falling, I did feel those pains of that, that, you know, denial, anger, bargaining, depression. And by the time it hit the ground, it was just like, hmm, it's busted. Okay. Either I'm going to replace it or repair it, but there's no need to worry about it right now. So I just put it back in my bag and went over to my friend's house. And it was really trippy and kind of exciting to see that theory in action. 
of being able to let go of something and move forward. And that's really what needs to happen if we're to get free from the victim mindset is we have to practice self-awareness and realize that there is a payoff by trying to stay in that victim mindset. Because yes, it is painful to continuously be going through that, I can't believe those guys made me do the emergency room again. How could they be so selfish? Maybe I'll be okay with this. No, there's no way I'm okay with this. Like Billy was going on and on and on earlier in this episode. But he never got to the point where, okay, what can I do about this? And this is the only way out from that. So we have to train ourselves, discipline ourselves to let go of that, that feeling of being right over feeling effective, being focused on outcome as opposed to being caught up in who's right and who's wrong. Because the bottom line is that doesn't really matter all that much. So if you find yourself in a space where you are feeling surrounded by cruel and unusual people and you're the only rational person that tries hard and puts any effort into anything, you might just be wallowing in the victim mindset. And let me tell you, it feels amazing to be a victim. We live in a day and age where people are kind of competing in the victim Olympics in this cancel culture to try and get offended and upset at anything. But ultimately, what does that solve? What does that, what, whose life is improved by getting offended and upset about everything? But instead, if we move towards this space of, okay, something's not right. What can I do about it? Then I think we're going to move into a much more creative, productive, and I would say mature chapter of humanity. Well, anyway, this is Sonny Savage. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I know it's a bit shorter than most of them, but I just felt like getting this message out there. So, like I always say, thank you so much for tuning in. You could have been listening to anything else, but you decided to listen to me, and I deeply appreciate that. I'll catch you next time.